Welcome to Construction. I'm Brandon Parrish from the Tulsa District U.S. Army Corps of Engineers Public Affairs Office. I am on location in Little Rock, Arkansas, and I am talking to Brad Clark. Brad is the Geotechnical Branch um, Chief for the Dam Safety Production Center here in Little Rock, Arkansas. Uh, and he actually belongs technically to Southwestern Division as an asset. Brad is is sort of an, in an interesting position because Brad is actually overseeing the Tulsa West Tulsa um, levy project as the lead engineer for the project delivery team. Uh, Brad, thank you for joining us for construction today. Thanks for letting me. So when we get started, can you give us an overview a little bit about the Tulsa West Tulsa project from, from your perspective? Sure. Um, so a little bit about Tulsa West Tulsa. Uh, of course, it's located just on the outside of the west side of Tulsa within the Sand Springs. Um, we have a great sponsor that we're working with, District 12, Drainage District, uh, Todd Kilpatrick and his consultant, Galen Pink, um, who are responsible for the day-in, day-out operation of the levy itself. Um, this is a levy system that's been constructed within the uh, mid-40s. Uh, so definitely has some years under its belt and um, in all in, includes some 20 miles of levees and currently being addressed within the feasibility study are levees A and B, which include a little bit more than 13 miles. Um, how much detail, I guess, do you want to go into this? Well, uh, well okay. Well, we're, let's just start with A, right? So uh, the majority of the work is it in one particular area on the levy? So it includes basically the whole length of levees A and B, roughly that 13.1 miles. Right. Yeah, there's there's at least one thing we're going to be doing over that, that whole length, being either a filter berm um, or some version of that to address a seepage concern that lies underneath or within the levee itself. Um so, yes, I mean, from the most upstream side to the most downstream side, we're going to end up doing some kind of alteration to address those seepage concerns. And we're still in the uh, pre-engineering and design phase? That's correct. Of the project. Uh, and so can you explain what that, what that phase is for, what, what you do in the, in, the, in, the, in the PED, as we call it? Gotcha. And um, I'd say right now we're in roughly – year one of at least a five-year process for this project and so yeah ped pre-construction engineering and design uh, we're going to be looking at what the feasibility study included for their assumptions and uh, rather accelerated timeline that they had to refine and further design the fixes that we need uh, to implement and again that's to address those seepage areas our seepage concerns within the foundation of the levee or the levee itself. Um, and so it's going to be bringing together all of these uh, partners outside of just engineering, but those real estate folks, NEPA, um, cultural resources, and all of those to make sure we address all those concerns as we're working through the design. We, we were talking a little bit before about the, the, uh, the fast rate at which we were able to get the the um, the study, the initial study completed. Can you go into a little bit on that? And yeah, I'd certainly be glad to. 
Um, I believe the feasibility study uh, was kicked off uh, mainly because of a 2016 risk assessment and then initiated uh, within 2018 and completed and signed back, back from headquarters in February of 2020. And this is a document that requires not just that risk assessment, but hundreds of pages of background to support um, how the project has been functioning over the 70 plus years of its existence, uh, how confident we are in those issues that we saw in the past, what might, might happen in the future, and how can we go about correcting those is issues in the most efficient means possible. So we have, we have two districts that are overseeing the project in a sense because you're here in, I mean, technically you're a division asset, but you're located here in Little Rock. Um, what is, and, and, and you are assigned to the Dam Safety Production Center primarily, but this is sort of one of multiple projects, I take it, that you are, are on board with or working on? Correct. Right. And so, uh, like you said, Tech branch chief, and so have a supervised employees here within Little Rock and in Tulsa. Um, we also advise on numerous different projects that the DSPC is currently responsible for. Um, so yes, I'm devoted 100% to Tulsa West Tulsa, but also advise on those other projects for our younger engineers to make sure um, that they're getting all the tools they need uh, to address whatever concerns they might have going on for their projects and basically mentor, mentor, you know, fellowship them and guide them in the correct direction. Um, so yeah, Tulsa West Tulsa is one of the many kind of projects that we're working on. You're a, you're a geotechnical engineer. Um, how did you decide that that was the route you wanted to take as far as engineering went? That's a good question. Um, uh, I'd say in the high school, early college days, uh, I'd worked part-time and then full-time during the summer to, at a small engineering firm uh, conducting laboratory tests and uh, just start, you know, as, as silly as it sounds, um, started to get really intrigued with some of the soil testing. Um, yeah, I'm going to let my nerd engineer come out here. No, that's uh, cool. I, I, this, is, this is what's interesting about engineering is the nerd I, part. Right, I think so. Uh, but right, I'm a little biased, I guess. Uh, but right, seeing the testing going behind that, understanding what that means, how can that influence a project or structure in, in good ways and bad. Um, and yeah, what might be bad for one can be good for the other. And it really just expanded from there and just the curiosity of that. And we were talking a little bit earlier about, you know, some of the influencers that I had in my life that, yeah, Casa Grande, Trezaki, you know, and some of those folks. And um, it's, it's always been challenging to me, I guess, and that's the rewarding part for me is always being able to be pushed to the next level to try to figure something out. And I see that a lot, and you say, well, we have some very skilled and talented people uh, that also help others, you know, strive for being even better, which I, yeah, I really enjoy about part of working here at you say. It's kind of interesting cause, because the, the soil geotechnical aspect, I mean, really it's sort of the foundational in, in construction, right? I mean, everything starts with sort of getting to the base layer and 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 building on that. And you have to understand how the how that so, how the soil makeup or composition is going to affect the overall project, not just immediately, but maybe potentially 30, 50, 60 years down the line. Um, and now you 
and, and, and you also oversee, you kind of hinted on that. You kind of, you, you're, you're a supervisory geotechnical engineer. So you, you sort of oversee these younger people. What, what is that like as far as watching other people go through their career, especially in the earlier stages? Um, yeah, I'd have to go back to that rewarding, you know, it's, for me, it's always been trying to give back and, and part of public service too. But yeah, it also influences, you know, how I try to reach out and check on people that I supervise or even not supervise, supervising, they might be in a different capacity altogether and just making uh, sure that they're aware of the tools that are available to them to do their jobs more efficiently or, or better. Um, and so, yeah, any chance that I get to, to mentor uh, along with my, a lot of my other colleagues, I know feel the same way, is, is trying to assist, especially our uh, people that we supervise within the DSPC, but also outside. And hopefully that becomes a little bit more of a, a recruiting tool as well. Uh, if other people, you know, catch up, catch on that and they want to come and join us, more than glad to consider them. And as a lead engineer on a project delivery team, the project managers, they tend to lean on that lead engineer on, on f for a cross-functional team, essentially, is what you're working with. Um, how is it supervising people who are in various parts of the region, work at, like people in Tulsa, who, who are other engineers who are, um, who are working this project? Um, what kind of challenges does that present for you? Well, uh, I certainly coming out of, you know, COVID, presented, you know, I think a whole new set of challenges, but by and large, uh, very blessed to be part of the DSBC and, and wonderful group. Or, um, I, I think we were able to go just like we had been and, and be able to pick up the phone. Hey, I need X, Y, or Z, get this done. Um, or, you know, uh, be able to find somebody else that you can call upon to help you find a solution to a problem. Um, so even though being, you know, over here in Little Rock and be separated by the 280 miles or whatnot, uh, I don't think made a much difference at the end of the day between, yeah, COVID and, you know, pre-COVID conditions. Um, I think we've been readily, easily, excuse me, it's been easy to pick up the phone, get in touch with who you needed to, to be able to get whatever item you needed to get done. Um, we, I, I think I already asked this question about what goes on in the, in the ped phase of the, of the project. Um, can you, can you give, um, you, you said this was a five year, we're in, we're in the what, first part of a five year, at least five years. Is that for the ped alone or is that just, or is that the entire project when you say the five years? Uh, the entire project, um, and, and right, that's just kind of a quick estimated range it might be a little bit more might be a little bit less right uh that would be awesome i'm sure <laughs> if it would be on that less side you know for some people um but right hopefully we're in uh at the construction phase at least for some of our work elements yeah tulsa west tulsa certainly has yeah multi facets um and elements that we need to correct being i mentioned that filter burp earlier we mm -hmm. also have um an area adjacent to the Superfund site where the filter berm might not be the best solution for that area. And so we're working with EPA, Department of Environmental Quality, DEQ, um, and that Superfund site owner to 
um, on with the sponsor. Actually, the sponsor is handling that coordination, but we support where we can to be able to come up with a, a suitable alternative for that amp area. Uh, but we also have uh, the armoring section on the farthest downstream portion of Levy B where we need to do armoring. Uh, and we have some cultural resources concern with that in that area. And so we're trying to make sure we can uh, do those investigations as early on as possible to alleviate what risk we possibly can down the road. When you, when you talk about armoring, can you explain for the, the people that may not understand that what typically or what are some of the potential um, types of armoring that exist on a levy? Sure. And this would be very similar to what you'd see at our reservoir, you know, lake embankment kind of project uh, where you see the large riprap along the upstream face, the pool side of the embankment to make sure it's protected whenever the uh, you know, reservoir rises or during current pool. Um, and it's very similar in Tulsa West Tulsa in this arming section. However, it's, it's to provide a limited amount of protection so we can make sure and pro provide enough time for that protected zone to evacuate in that rising pool flood scenario. Uh, so it's not there to, you know, protect it for, you know, the full overtopping event, but just provide enough time to get the 6,300, I believe, people within that protected area are up to that. Hopefully most of them are already gone during that large flood event. Um, but yeah, just those few people out in that, I guess, great flood event and get them to safe ground um, prior to that overtopping occurring. Uh, and riprap is essentially, the, those are the, the big, like, is it typically granite or quartz or what type? It's, it's a very specific, they have to meet certain standards for the, it, that's the stones or rocks that you see on the, the sides of like on construction projects or even when you're driving down the highway or at a reservoir, right? That's um, right. And, and those have to meet some pretty specific design or not design, but some specific characteristics right absolutely because um, right we we want all of our uh, projects to be you know as low maintenance as possible uh, O&M uh, and especially for this one where we're working with that sponsor and he's going to be responsible in the long run for these things we want this these products to be as durable as possible just like that rock um, and so uh, of course if it's going to weather very rapidly then of course that he would need to come in there and fix that you know, yearly or, or something mm -hmm. much sooner than expected. And so, yes, it needs to be a very durable rock like granite. Uh, could be sandstone, some limestones possibly, uh, but right, it has to pass a, um, a suite of tests to make sure that it's going to be very competent and uh, be there throughout the weathering too, the freeze-thaw cycles that we get within, you know, this, this area of the nation. Um. We talked about being 280 miles away. I think you mentioned, uh, and and you're you're over. You're the lead lead engineer on the on the project, uh, the pre engineering and design phase of the project. Uh, how often do you have to visit Tulsa in, in as a lead engineer? About how often so far have you had to make the trip out? I would say at least once a month. I'm trying to come over there. Um, it's still a pretty good fit since I was super or am a supervisor of Tulsa employees as well. And of course I want to see those employees, but also try to meet up with Dawn Rice, our 
the PM for Tulsa West Tulsa and work through whatever kind of issues we have at the time might be updating our schedule, um, any kind of yeah, future path forward or something like that. So I would say on average throughout the year, yeah, the once a month um, might be even more though. Uh, if we have certain meetings, contracts, awards, things of that nature, um, that I try to get over there and, and meet with those folks. And what's been one of the more rewarding aspects of, of working on Tulsa West Tulsa? Um, uh, probably getting to know a lot of those folks in Tulsa better, I would say. Um, right, like those the real estate folks that I, you know, I didn't really have a lot of um, – communication with previous to Tulsa West Tulsa of course I yeah know my yeah DSBC folks even if they you know sit outside of our branch but yeah the Krista Berna the um uh Leslie um forgive me <laughs> sorry <laughs> thank you uh Leslie Crippen uh David Williams you know those those kind H&H, of yeah. right H&H right that I wouldn't have normally have talked to but have been great assets to better understand their technical areas um and uh just realizing too hey if i have that h and h question i can call on david to you know help me find an answer to that so it's been strengthening a lot of those relationships i would say would probably be the one of the most rewarding items that i can think of so far um it, it's not unusual in usays to uh work on projects that are that are in other parts of the region or other parts of the country sometimes but when when you when when they came to you and said, "Hey, you're going to be the the lead engineer for the for the um, Tulsa West Tulsa project for the PED," what what were your preconceptions going into that, or did you have any? I can't think of um, anything right off the bat. It was just trying to make sure that I got to know it better. Um, what are those, you know? key issues, concerns with the project, making sure you're aware of that. So it's just making sure to dive into the project to understand those things better and make sure that those hurdles are addressed throughout the project as it's coming to, you know, con- the design construction of uh, of whatever work element at that time. Have you, you all seen any innovation or... Um specific techniques that have come out of this project so far? Let's see here. Uh, I realized that was, yeah, one of your questions, and I was trying to think of something. I think there, maybe not necessarily an innovation at this time, but I feel like CoreWide and this HDRW and the Superfund site is going to end up being at least certainly a big learning experience for myself because that's, Something right. I'm a geotech engineer. I have had no real experience within that HDRW or you know hazardous kind of materials, and um, you know who's the MCX for that? Um, what conditions can you say be involved in? And that's been very um, eye-opening for me. For instance, right, I've since found out that you uh, say cannot you know excavate in an area that have these HDRW. Right contaminants within it and so that falls upon the sponsor but then you know um, how do you coordinate what alternatives could be considered Um, and there's kind of that gray area within our regulatory uh, or regulations 
and making sure that we're staying on the correct bounds. So making sure we're working with our office council and others to better understand that. And hopefully there will be some innovation that comes out of that. Uh, and, and instead of doing the filter berm, which might be a little bit more evasive, maybe they can install something and not have to excavate any material at all, you know, by dro driving some kind of composite sheet pile material. Um, so using something a little bit different um, that we might see along our lakes or reservoirs and other areas to address this seepage issue or concern and uh, also solve the HERW kind of concern at the same time. Mm -hmm. uh, but I'm sure there'll be more along the way. How does the community that lives and works behind the levee motivate you in terms of doing a, a good job for the uh, Tulsa West Tulsa levee project? Uh, yes, I think absolutely. Earlier, I think I mentioned about being a public service figure. Mm -hmm. and, and yeah, at the end of the day, we're trying to mitigate the risk for the people that live behind that levy. Um, and, and so uh, to me, that's, I mean, 95% of what it's about for me. And uh, also a lot of the technical, you know, folks that we're working with uh, to get this project through is to mitigate that risk for them, provide them better flood protection uh, due to these past issues, concerns, and uh, what the feasibility study addressed. Um, so, um, uh, yes, to answer that question, yes, it's <laughs> definitely about the people within the protected area. I, yeah, I think I mentioned earlier, it's roughly about 6,300 people mm -hmm. that live behind Tulsa, West Tulsa, that either yeah live or work there, roughly 3,100 structures within that zone. And, and so... Um, I don't think it stops there either, though. It could be those people and, you know, they, they work elsewhere, possibly, or coming in there, and that affects a lot of the surrounding community as well. Um, so impact could be rather large. Uh, but all in all, I feel like, you know, you say we're trying to mitigate as much of that risk we possibly can um, down to that residual risk level and um, provide the protections that we you know, constructed early on uh, in the 1940s for the sponsor and since turned it over and hopefully end up in providing them a longer lasting and better performing structures. I always end up my, I always end my interviews. I didn't put this on the sheet. I always end my interviews like this. What have I not asked you that I should have asked you or that you would have wanted me to ask you that you could have gone on and on and on about? So, yeah, full and open disclosure here. I didn't notice that question until I saw the body of the email. Uh, so until about 30 minutes ago, and I was like, you know, that's, that's a really good question. Um, and I do not know, honestly, uh, how I could answer that, um, except for going back to something I previously said. I, I feel like I'm very blessed to work with a, an awesome group of people within USACE. Um, and the partnerships that we have. We have a great sponsor here in District 12, uh, but also other great sponsors, the D, or excuse me, partnerships like our Department of Environmental Quality, EPA, helping us uh, collaborate with um, the Superfund site owner. Uh, but I love being part of this technical organization filled with very smart people, which I think in turn tries to make myself and others even better to try to push that envelope every day. Um, so I know I'm kind of not really answering your question, but
but that was the best kind of response I could come up with to that very late noticing uh, <laughs> of my own fault, though. Not yours, certainly. Um, so, yeah, in the day, I just say I'm yeah very grateful to be here and be in this position as well. Well, Brad, I really appreciate you taking the time to sit down with us. We, um, I, this is the first time I met you face to face. I've I've heard your voice on the on the on the telephone conversations we've had for the for the Tulsa West Tulsa Levy project, and um, I've listened to you talk about what's going on and the and the the, pro, the project along the way um, during those briefings that we have like every every few weeks, every other week I think it is. Um, and I'd never gotten to meet you face to face, so uh, it's it's good to finally sit down and meet. And, and I really appreciate you taking the time to uh, show us around the Little Rock District uh, offices and um, let us come and say hello to a few people. It's it's nice to be in one of your sister districts. Um, so thank you again for your time. Certainly welcome. Um, yeah, definitely glad to do it, and again build upon the other great late relationships or you know, that we have within you say. So I appreciate your time just as much. And uh, hopefully we'll get, we'll get to see you again next time you're in, you're in Tulsa. Yes. All right. Thank you for joining us for Core Construction. Core Construction is a production of the Tulsa District U.S. Army Corps of Engineers Public Affairs Office. This episode of Core Construction was brought to you by the Dam Safety Production Center at the Little Rock District U.S. Army Corps of Engineers. Thanks for joining us. Have a great day.